This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. Welcome to the Beyond the Profi podcast. I am uh, very excited for you to hear this this interview that I had with Nancy Burkhart, uh, the 2017 Award of Distinction recipient. I uh, felt very honored to have the opportunity to speak with her, to hear about her career, and to take a look at her journey at a more personal level. I I love 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 the ability to network, build relationships as well as hear how other hygienists are living a fulfilling career. I am an introvert. It's not very easy for me to be in situations where I'm forced to meet um, new individuals, which may show me or may it may make me look like I'm sort of awkward and weird, and that's okay. I love that there are many individuals who are making a difference in our profession who are introverted and still have something to say. But what I th- what I love about Nancy's interview, um, one of the things that she said that really stood out was the biggest asset you can have is curiosity. For most dental hygienists, we tend to want to have someone to write a step-by-step, steps 1 through 20, this is how you have career satisfaction. You need to do this first, you need to do that, you need to do this, and you need to do that. It's not as clear as you want it. And unfortunately, you have to be okay with taking steps and not seeing 200, 300 feet in front of you. And I've had to learn that because it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing when you're trying to create a satisfying career in dental hygiene, when you're forced to think outside of the box because of some of the limitations that we have clinically, and and you're just not sure which route you're going to go. And it's okay to not be sure. And what I love about Nancy's journey was the fact that she maintained that curiosity. She was traveling a lot in her years as a as a clinical dental hygienist and yet she continued on filling her mind with more knowledge taking um, advantage of opportunities that arise and taking the initiative even if she didn't know whether or not someone would believe in and what she wants to bring to to dental hygiene or contribute to dental hygiene so I love listening to her journey and I love the fact that um, I actually had the opportunity to meet for the first time someone's textbook that I use as an educator. I love the textbook that um, that she has co-written with Lisa. I think it's Lisa DeLonges. I could be wrong with uh, the other contributor, and so I do apologize for that. But in the show notes, you'll see a link to the textbook that she has written, and it's now currently in its third revision. Um, when we were talking at the RDH on a one roof conference we didn't have the opportunity 
I didn't have an opportunity to see the new revision, but I'll put it in the show notes. But anywho, um, this is what I love about going to these events, RDH on one roof, going to ADHA annual conference. You have the ability to have these conversations. Don't worry about bringing your resume. Don't worry about uh, uh, speaking to someone and telling them all your hopes and dreams. Learn about their journey. Learn who they are. Connect with them on a deeper level. And I guarantee you, you will find some pearl, something there to help elevate your career. So listen to this episode. Let me know what you think. I love hearing what she's done. We're on location, Chicago. And and if you have certain questions that you want to hear me ask, make sure you do that. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review. Subscribe to the BeyondTheProfi.com website where you will have access to the blog articles that I write that will help you develop that career excellence and, and be able to have some career satisfaction. So I uh, thank you so much for listening and enjoy this interview. All right. So welcome to another episode. I am here on location. This is Jasmine. And this is for the Think Beyond the Profi podcast. I'm at the RDH Under One Roof Conference, and I am so super excited to be sitting next across from my guest here. Um, why I'm excited is because I taught um, general pathology at the school that I was at full time for four years. And the author of that textbook is sitting across from me. I absolutely <laughs> love that textbook, by the way. <laughs> so I would love to welcome Nancy Burkhart, who is also one of the 2017 Award of Distinction recipients. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really happy to do this for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I ran into you. <laughs> I know, I know. And see, Nancy and I have met each other um, last year. She came to speak for the Maryland Dental Hygienist Association and um, met virtually first and then in real life October <laughs> of last year. So it was really right. great to have her a part of our meeting. Right, and great. that was a fantastic meeting. Really yeah. enjoyed it and enjoyed meeting the people that were there. Yeah. Everybody was super nice. Yeah, they are. They totally <laughs> are. So we'll have a brief conversation just to hear a little bit about your journey in dental hygiene, why did you become a dental hygienist? And a little bit about how you have sought career excellence or thought beyond the profi in your particular career. So why did you get into dental hygiene? Well, it's it's rather interesting. Um, I had a, a roundabout path getting into dental hygiene. I was um, actually a dental assistant before I went into hygiene. And I was with public health, U.S. government public health, in Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. at the federal building. And um, I met my husband, and we got transferred to Hawaii, which oh, wow. is not a bad thing. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so while I was I was there at um, the public health for a couple of years, and um, I was also an English major, started out as an English major, and that's maybe why I ended up writing a column for RDH and uh, you know the the textbook. I'm not I'm not sure how all of it evolved, but uh, anyway, my husband got sent to Hawaii, and. Um, at that time, they were the Department of the Army. He was actually Navy, but the Department of the Army started a new program called the Dental Therapist Assistant Program. Wow. So I tried to use the skills that I had learned as an assistant and become a dental therapist. And it was a, a little over a year program and very thorough. You know, we um, were doing all sorts of things. It was more like what I guess the dental therapists do today, minus the anesthesia. Right. And uh, but we were actually placing restorations and wow. um, doing doing all sorts of things. It was really an interesting program. 
So then uh, we got transferred again, <laughs> and so I had to sort of give that up because that wasn't flying very well in the United States, you know, on the mainland, yeah. I should say, at that time. And um, so uh, when we moved again, I tried to, again, transition my skills, and I w was looking through um, brochures and found the dental hygiene program mm -hmm. uh, in New Jersey, mm -hmm. um, ended up getting an associate's degree in dental hygiene and then a bachelor's degree. I, mm -hmm. The ultimate uh, degree came from Fairleigh Dickinson University, which mm -hmm. is in Teaneck, New Jersey. Okay, very cool. I'm from yeah. New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a very, very good program. In fact, um, the instructors that I had there, um, most people know Phoebe Blitz mm -hmm. and Cheryl Westfall. Mm -hmm. Both of those were my instructors very good people, very uh, knowledgeable in yeah. dental hygiene, and I think very professional. Yeah. They're very professional. So um, after that, we got transferred again. <laughs> and um, oh my goodness. I'll make a long story <laughs> short because when I started the master's program, I started a master's program in uh, public administration. Nice. And public administration after I got into the program was very good and I really liked it but ended up transferring to an allied health education program mm -hmm. it just uh, wasn't for me although I got some really good uh, information from that program with the courses that I took mm -hmm. so um, transferred again and by the time I finished the, the master's degree, I'd been at five different schools. Oh, my but goodness. But ultimately, I ended up uh, in um, Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, finished with um, occupational therapist uh, degree. Uh, health oh, really? Health occupations, yes. Wow. Um, so um, continued on, and by that time, because I had transferred to so many schools, I had an abundance of credit, graduate credit. Yeah. And it was at the point where I really felt like I needed to do something with those credits or mm -hmm. I, they were just lost. Yeah. So um, I became a um, part-time faculty at um, Chapel Hill mm -hmm. at the dental school. Yes. And ended up going into another program, which was a doctoral program. Mm hmm and while I was at Chapel Hill, my interest really I found was in the clinic and it was doing, um, you know, working with patients uh, and kind of zoning in on the pathology. Yeah. So I did, a, um, I finished uh, the um, doctorate degree yeah. and uh, did my dissertation on lichen planus because both of the pathologists that were there were interested in lichen planus. So mm -hmm. it just kind of transitioned to me. Um, so they used to send me a lot of times to clinic to take photos of different things that people called in and said, hey, I have this downstairs. Why don't we send somebody down for a photo? So I accumulated a lot of images. And, again, I didn't want to see the images go to waste. Yeah. Uh, so um, I did a postdoctoral fellowship for a year there. Wow. And did a lot of, um, was there every day for readouts, for pathology readouts. And learned so much, and it just made a world of difference in the way that I looked at things because it was as if I was looking through a microscope mm -hmm. at the pathology, but then I also had the, the image of the patient, usually, mm -hmm. and uh, the radiograph in some cases. So it was really um, just the best of all worlds. <laughs> so your, your education... As you continue to advance, kind of threw you in into oral pathology. Yes, yes, that's amazing. So you would say in your in your professional career, 
that advancing your education was pivotal to you thinking beyond the profi and, yes. and seeking career excellence. Yes, as soon as I heard that, I thought that was really appropriate, you know, that you were doing this type, yeah. of, type of thing beyond the profi. Because I think that, to me, the biggest thing with advancement um, the biggest asset for people is curiosity. Mm -hmm. And if you're curious and you want to learn things and you have an interest in a particular area, it can take you for a long ride. Um, like I, I told you with the dissertation topic, and yeah. in, because I was so interested in taking the images, I ended up with the textbook. Yeah. So, How long did it take you to write your first textbook? Um, it took about, I would say, three years. Were you did, were you solicited for it, or did you inquire and say, hey, you know, I have this great idea, I, I want to be able to create this textbook? I did. I um, it, The textbook is through Lippincott, Williams, and Wilkins. And I did contact the um, editor, um, and my co-author, who is Leslie DeLong, yes. she was doing the same thing. She, yeah. she didn't really have the images, but she had the idea that maybe a general and oral pathology combination would be good. Mm -hmm. So between the two of us, the editor said, hey, you two need to meet each other and be together. Yes. And so then that's when the collaboration started, and so we ended up um, spending about, oh guys, I think it was about three years when the first edition came out. And we um, actually, our third edition just is in press. I, wow. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. About I three saw it. Three days ago. Yeah, wow. It was, it was put in press. So that's the that's going to be the latest edition. That's incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. Oh, my goodness. So I love the fact that you took the initiative to contact the editor. Mm -hmm. And I feel that um, I think what people need to understand when it comes to thinking beyond the profi is that sometimes the opportunities do not fall into your lap. You actually have to create them. And, and you may hear a no initially, and then a few months later, you may ask again, and it may be that may be the right time for you to be able to pursue that opportunity. And I just love the fact that you said that you actually contacted the editor, <laughs> which is great. And I think if most hygienists, you can find the editor for any of the publications and That's be right. able to send to them and get the writing guidelines and be able to put out your own content, which is great. Oh, that, that is so true. It's yeah. really true. And I think it's it just as you said, you know, they may not be interested in it today. Yes. But things change so quickly. You know, a month from now, it may be a totally different ballgame. Maybe something has come out in the news. Maybe they're yes. looking for somebody to absolutely to write something or a, you know a particular type of book. Yeah. Um, and I I know that um, a lot of the meetings they uh, will actually send out a um, an email ahead of time looking for people that will speak on certain subjects. Wow. And, you know, if maybe you hadn't even thought about that, yeah. but you have all kinds of information on, on a certain topic. And so I think that's really, um, really good, you know, if you pursue it on your own. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes things just fall into your lap, too. But, you know, you got to be <laughs> there at the right time, the exactly. right Exactly. <laughs> and, and network where people know of you, you know. Exactly. And they're able to understand, like, what you're about and, and what you're most passionate about. Mm -hmm. I think that is so cool. Like, right now I'm in uh, my fourth semester of grad school, and I'm almost done with my summer semester. I have two more before I get my master's degree. I can't imagine writing a textbook, but I, I won't say no. Because <laughs> knowing me, I'm like, okay, what's the next challenge? I've done this. I'm ready to move on to the next thing. So... I think that's pretty cool. I think it's like everybody told me when I um, was doing my dissertation, 
choose something that really interests you because if it doesn't interest you it's going to make your life really really miserable yes so but if you ha have an interest in it it's not work you know it's that yeah exactly saying, you know do what you love mm -hmm. and I won't say the money will follow because I'm not sure in education we can say that. Uh, but, no. Uh, <laughs> but um, but you but you'll stay with it and your yeah. interests will be there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I took a, like I took a twenty thousand dollar pay cut when I first started teaching, and it was dramatic. But I had the flexibility. I had my summers off because I have two uh -huh. little ones. It was perfect. I had excellent benefits. And then I was able to really make a difference mm -hmm. and, and work with students, which is what I was looking for, to really work outside of outside of the op. Yeah. So there is some, some there's some good things. Sometimes people don't step back like you just said and look at the whole picture yeah. and you know, their priorities and what they really need to be focusing on or what they want to focus on. Exactly. You know, sometimes you just start down a path and you don't get off. Right. And so I think that's really important. I will say, when we were writing the first edition of the book, um, we were in, right in the early um, part of writing and you know, uh, coordinating things. And um, I did go through um, the Tony Robbins program. Uh, oh, really? Tony Robbins, yeah. And I went through um, one that was the Firewalker. Mm -hmm. And it's a three-day program, but he actually helps you um, sort through uh, your basically your life and where you're going and your goals. And I heard so many interesting people. You know, there were thousands of people there, but you would just meet different groups, and it was everybody was there for the same reason. Yeah, they were looking for a change in their life. They were looking for direction. You know, right. where am I going at this point? I want to want to look step back and. You know, evaluate things, look look at things. So yeah. it was. Um, I think that had a major um, impact on me because when after I went through that program, I really looked at things a lot differently. Yeah. How long was the program? Uh, it was all, it's just a three day seminar. Three days. Day. Oh, four days, all really. day. It's an all day. Yes. Pro wow. Yes. And at the end of that, um, you go through. There's. You go through and do the fire walks at, at the end, and it's really a metaphor, what? you know, where okay. um, they, they build the fire the last day, and you walk through, but it's really, it's, you know, don't look up, don't look down, don't look back, just go forward. That's powerful. Yeah, it is. It's really because powerful. that fire was, like, symbolic of all the distractions that we, that we deal yes. with. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, yes. my person was Brendan Bouchard. Have you ever heard of him? Yes. Oh, I read the Motivation Manifesto. And that was like, because I felt, I felt like how you just described, I wasn't satisfied with my career. I love dentistry, uh -huh. just in whole. I've wanted to be in dentistry since I was 13. But I wasn't happy. I was just so discontented, and I was just like, what, you know, this is it? And then I read that, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have the ability to change my career and work on something that really, that really moves me. Right. And so I have to make that decision to change. I can't change my environment. I can't change anyone else around me. Of course, I'm going to keep my husband and my kids. <laughs> I don't want that to change. But professionally, I can make some decisions to right. make whatever changes I need to. And then that's what how Think Beyond the Profi or Beyond the Profi came into effect uh, maybe six months after that.
six oh or seven goodness. months after that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really powerful that when that happens to you because you just say, oh, you know, why didn't I think of this before? Why yeah. didn't I do this before? Exactly. And you just kind of move in a different direction. Yeah. And um, and it's it's good and healthy. I think for your health. Yeah. Doing what you love and doing and going in the direction that you want is really um, beneficial for anybody health-wise. Yeah. yeah. Well, you there's nothing worse than you know being in a bad situation or a situation that you want out of every day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I will never do that again. I will never be in a situation where I'm not. Um, and I and I just came to that resolve because I think about my own children. I think about what example do I want to set for them as women, as soon-to-be women, although they they're like eight going on 25. But you know, I want them to see that you know, mommy made the decision. It may not have been a tough. It may have not been an easy decision, but she made it, and she's able to be happy in her career. And I want them to know that they can accomplish whatever their heart's desire is. Right. So um, I love the fact that you you bring that up. Well, how can, I'd like to keep the episode short because I feel that most of us are really, really busy and um, I love having this chat with you and learning a little bit more about you. I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm sitting (laughs) across from her from the textbook creator that I absolutely love using for my students. But if anyone's interested in contacting you, I know you have a column with RDH Magazine. Right. And you, is that monthly that you put out an article? It's it's monthly, right. And and my email address is on there. Okay. I also do the uh, International Oral Like and Planet Support Group. So if you Google International Oral Like and Planet Support Group, then it'll take you to our site. Yeah. My email is on that for my um, Baylor location or Texas A&M location. Okay. So, yeah. And you just joined a new organization. I don't want you to forget to, um, to talk about that really briefly. It's the new one that's now allowing non-DDS membership. Yes, thanks for thanks for mentioning right. that. I really appreciate it. Um, last year, I was given a um, affiliate fellowship with the American Academy of Oral Medicine. I've I've been a member of that organization since um, 1997 when I originally um, joined Baylor. And um, anyway, they they did give me a fellowship and. Also, I'm sort of in charge of starting this new program for non-DDS, uh, non-MD um, people that want to join. Just going to the meetings, you learn so much. The people that participate in this are from all over, you know, mm-hmm. from other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have a large uh, segment of, of people um, that are dentists, our mm-hmm. oral pathologists, oral medicine. And we don't really have that many hygienists. There, in fact, I may be the only. Uh, there are two of us, I guess. That's it. That's it. But I'm trying to increase the program, yes. and would love to have new members. That um, it will, you know, whether you challenge the exam and become a fellow, that's your choice. But you don't have to. You can just be a member. Mm-hmm. If you attend the meetings, you will learn so much. You will meet so many people that are so gifted in what they do. Yes. And if you have any interest at all, you know, in uh, oral cancer, the oral exam, uh, oral pathology, oral medicine, Mm -hmm. phenomenal. And we also, with our new book, our new edition that just came out, we also added a segment in each of the entities within the chapters on, um, you know, just a a few sentences about oral medicine and how that impacts the... um, oral pathology uh, subject matter. That is wonderful. Yeah, so we're wow. really excited about it. I love that. I love that. So not only do I support ADHA membership, 
but go to an RDH on one roof, meeting amazing people like yourself, <laughs> but also joining other organizations so that you're able to expand your right. mind to more that's out there. That is so true. And, you know, honestly, I don't think the book would have been, would have turned out as well or maybe not at all if I hadn't been a member of that organization because I have made so many friends over the years that have contributed case studies and right. contribute, that I can call on, you know, in a moment's notice. Right. And they will give me so such great advice and mm -hmm. so much information about a subject. Yeah. So um, there are just all sorts of benefits. And it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun organization. Mm -hmm. We have a good time. Oh, that's so great. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for being a part of this oh, podcast. I feel really humble and honored to be able to have this conversation with you, and I can't wait to share it and uh, inspire some hygienists to think beyond the profi. Oh, thank you so much. I really uh, enjoyed talking to you, and good luck with your um, master's degree, too. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.